Nothing like starting the year off with a bang, huh? Oh, I love the smell of burning rock stars in the morning. You know? Jesus, man, you've been hanging out with the ghost of Sam Kinison or something? <laughs> Christ! Uh, contraire, my friend. Uh, I actually have a lot to be uh, most grateful for this year as uh, we start out, but uh, more on that later. Welcome in, friends, to uh, Fusebox. This, our first show of 2018, number 83, God's Ashtray. And uh, I'm your smoke em if you got him host, Mark Rose. And over there, resplendent in his uh, yak fur parka, is... Uh, <laughs> clearly, is the uh, Duke of Dials himself, Milt Keynes, everybody. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yes, indeed, friends. Yes. Mr. Keynes is uh, correct Always. with uh, <laughs> with this here installment of Fusebox. We begin our uh, fourth year of uh, fun and frivolity, and, and we're just as uh, pleased and smug and filled with self-righteous poot as an FCC commissioner to have you along for this uh, aural avalanche of entertainment. And as I say, they're... Uh, there are a bunch of things to cover on this edition of the show, but before we uh, get to all of that, uh, I must ask. Nay, I'm compelled by an unnatural force to ask. Mr. Keynes? Yeah? How did you spend your Xmas holiday this year? Did you uh, drive around schoolyards with a megaphone telling kids there's no Santa Claus? Buying all the... Mistletoe you could to uh, burn in a trash barrel. <laughs> Sneak into houses and sew Christmas stockings shut. Hey. Huh? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I see little Mark Rose is bucking for the top spot on the naughty list again next year. Well, a job worth doing. <laughs> but no, no. Was your uh, was your holiday okay? Did you? Uh, Spend it with the whole fam damly, or, uh... No, you know, uh, I, uh, I laid low this year, amigo. Pretty much just, uh, stayed my ass in, roasting my nuts by an open fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, uh, and in case you're wondering, yeah, I stuffed Marcy's stocking. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, then. <laughs> I'm sure she's going to kick my ass up between my shoulder blades for that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you you spent the, uh, the the holidays together then, did you? Yeah, we uh, we went to Seaside for a week. It's pretty damn great, let me tell you. And uh, for our uh, out-of-state, uh, out-of-country, out-of-touch, and uh, out-of-their-mind listeners, that's right, Milt's referring to uh, Seaside, Oregon, which is a sort of little resort community on the, the ocean. Well, it sounds very romantical and stuff, Mr. Keynes. Oh, it was. It was. Yeah. We had a great time just hanging out and avoiding people, which is usually how I prefer to roll anyway. Right. Except around Christmas time. 
Growing up in a military family meant uh, moving all the damn time, so the holidays were mostly just the five of us. Yeah. Since we were always uh, the new family on the block or, or base. Right. And our extended family was uh, typically hundreds or thousands miles away. Well, you know, two or three times we even had to, to move during Christmas time, which uh, we kids just hated, of course. So, yeah. Getting to spend Christmas in a beautiful place like Seaside with a cool chick. It's heaven, man. Sheer heaven. Wow. Well, that's that's just great. Yep. So... <laughs> no. <laughs> I know what you're thinking in there. No. Nope. Way too soon for that. My pigment-challenged friend. <laughs> Way too soon. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Way too soon. Sure, sure, sure. I just thought, well, you know, with, with such a romantic setting, I mean, you'd... Yeah, I know what you thought. Too soon. Right. Right. Why don't we, uh, why don't we just... Jesus Christ, would you stop looking at me like that? You know I hate it when you... What? I'm not doing anything. Y- yeah, right. Seriously, I'm, I'm, I'm just sitting here, egging some nog... And, uh, Trying to think of some way to yank my chain. <laughs> That's what you're doing, <laughs> well, as I've said, uh, <clears throat> I'm very happy you uh, you met someone. Uh, dating's not an easy thing to do, folks. You got that right. Not an easy thing at all. Nope. You know, I pretty much accepted that uh, you and Pollard and I would end up uh, living alone together in an old podcaster's home. <laughs> Now that is not a pretty picture. No, not at all. <laughs> but hey, 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 that, that could still happen, man. I mean, uh-huh. I, well, we are taking it slow. Now, there's no rush to the altar here for either of us. We're just letting what happens happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's just a good plan. Excellent. There's, uh, there's no point in putting the pangolin before the cart, you know? Well then, we'll take this uh, short break and uh, be back in a flash. Now with 40% more humor. Fumes Box. So... I gotta say, I uh, I got a hell of a gift, you might say, this year. Did you get that uh, box set of famous mining disasters? <laughs> no, but it uh, certainly was as musical. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, this was one of those situations that is somehow miraculous, folks. You know, on several occasions here, we've uh, we've featured some selections from this uh, album I've been working on and uh, finally completed, actually, in uh, 2016, called uh, Transcription. And uh, we... Why looky there? Methinks that's one of the tracks playing soothingly underneath. That's so anyway, this thing has been uh, sitting, uh, awaiting the mastering portion of this process to occur for, for uh, years now, it seems. Uh, and really, folks, it's a, it's a money thing. It's it's not because I'm endlessly uh, tweaking this thing forever. I sure about that, right? Oh no, no, for sure. Because, I uh, you know I saw you scratching no, around well, in well, there. Well, yeah. A few months. 
Yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. But I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but not for what you're imagining, which uh, leads me to the uh, crux of the biscuit, as they say. Uh, a few months ago, I was uh, swapping out the backup drives and was uh, just checking to make sure that, uh, you know, all the drives were accounted for when uh, packing them up and noticed a curious thing in one of the drives was that uh, it had no content indicated in the backup, meaning although the drive was being backed up and you could see its name and a little picture of the drive and all that, it had no files visible in the backed up archive which, of course, was sucky, as that's the drive this musical project was on. So I attempted to uh, check the source drive and uh, the the drive from which the backup was uh, theoretically made, um, only to find out that uh, it was dead, not responding, could not open it or access it in any way. It was a brick. Holy cart, man. So the stuff is gone. Well, it, you know, it, it surely looked that way. And, uh, you know, that's, that's about eight years worth of work <laughs> going up in a puff of digital smoke. Yeah, I'd be torqued. So I thought, well, let me, let me take this drive out. And uh, when the uh, coffers are uh, a little more full, we'll, we'll attempt to have this thing scoured by the pros. Uh, as I've done that before... Uh, and uh, it uh, remarkably worked very well. Yeah, it cost two grand. But yeah, you got the stuff back that time. And in that instance, it was all the client stuff that went down. Oh, and by the way, as it was being backed up, okay, corrupting both the original drive and the RAID that was backing it up. That was marvelous. Yeah, we really got to find a better way, you know? I mean... Honestly, everything is so ephemeral these days. There truly is no guaranteed method of preserving data uh, now. Truly, nothing. I don't. I, yeah, I'd say that analog tape was the answer, but uh, we all know that ain't so. No, you know, because in many cases, the the uh, the backing coating on that tape peels away in time and just shreds into oxide dust. You know, they've they've taken to. Uh, baking tape in ovens in very controlled situations to preserve the backing. But, uh, man, believe me, I've got a garage full of it. So, uh, and I know that it's just a, it's just a risky operation. So anyway, I, I took that drive out and, uh, packed it up, uh, nicely and safely away until the time I could, uh, send it off to someone who might, for a small fortune, be able to, uh, retrieve the data. Right? So, last week, I'm uh, cleaning up stuff in here with uh, Eco and Milo, the Japanese pocket squirrels. Uh, they were helping out, and, you know, we're just going through things and trying to... Avoid- yeah. Hmm. Huh? Oh, no, no, nothing there. You, you can throw that in the pile. Uh, no need to keep the... Borders Books catalog. Oh, look here. <laughs> NASA official moon dust sample, huh? They're lying liars that lie. Fake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, here's that other prairie squid. Holy cow! Oscar will be delighted. He's been, he's been so depressed and, and kind of lonely for a while now. Wow, that's excellent. Huh? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are, uh, those are the uh, missing White House tapes from the Nixon administration. Yeah, y- you know what? You never know. Let's hold on to them uh, and put them over there with the hollow earth papers and the fake moon landing stuff. Yeah, just put them there. yeah, that'd be good. Oh, oh, that hard drive. Well, you know, I, I was actually I was gonna send that to the uh, drive recovery people. And, uh, <laughs> I know, I know, but I will get the money to do that. I, I, Sell a kidney. <laughs> you know what? On the other hand, wait a minute. I let me just try something here, and and so I grabbed an old enclosure I had in storage, and uh, I slapped the drive in there, and miracles of miracles, it spun up. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was able to back it up for real this time in about four places. So you know, unless Gojira comes back and gives us all a good trouncing, we should be good to go. So I, I feel uh, extremely grateful to have that uh, that back. So, uh, how's that mastering thing coming? <laughs> the show for everybody, but not everybody will like it. Thefuseboxshow.com. Speaking of uh, ethereal stuff... Is that what we're doing? Sure felt like it. Well, I wanted to uh, mention uh, this other very cool thing that happened a couple of weeks back. You know, we've chatted on this program in the past about uh, this thing called lucid dreaming. You know, it's a kind of dream where you're in full awareness of, of being in a dream and are able to have conscious control over your environment or situations or people or whatever, right? I've heard of this. It's kind of like uh, looking at your hands while dreaming and telling yourself that you're dreaming, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's actually a device they recommend people try when they are uh, in this state is to, is to try to uh, look at your hands or numbers and uh, remind yourself that you are in this dream state every time you do that. Well, uh, a couple of weeks back... I had the longest lucid dream I've had to date. And uh, I've, I've, I've had several of these things over the years. But this one, <laughs> this one was most fabulous. Uh, first of all, it was, uh, as I say, really long. Now, that's different for everyone. But comparatively, this was long enough to do some things. But more importantly, ask some things. The first sign to me that you are, you're actually in this state is the, the layer of clarity you have. It's very unlike the dream place. It's, it's, it, everything is extremely focused. You have this feeling of being underwater. You know how movements feel when you're, uh, you're in a swimming pool or you're swimming underwater? It's kind of that. But the clarity and consciousness is uh, it's outstanding. You're able to affect everything anything around you. So the first thing I did 
was probably what uh, many of us <laughs> would do, is uh, attempt to fly. So, I, you know, I remember me saying in the dream, oh, well, this is, this is lucid dreaming. So if I want to if I want to fly right now, I should just be able to go like this. And uh, sure enough, I was able to do the the moderate sail around the room thing. But uh, as I was actually inside a space, I just decided to cruise uh, around the interior there. Couldn't you have just like uh, made it outside and go flying around out there? Sure, sure, could have. But you know what? I had another agenda here. You see, there were all these people in this space and these people were not folks I recognized at all so I thought oh this would be a prime opportunity to uh, do some research here so I landed in the middle of this area and uh, this thing kind of looked like an enormous airplane hangar crossed with a geodesic dome but you know who really knows because these backgrounds morph continually in our dreams so Anyway, I I land near these folks, and there's one chap standing closer to uh, where I was landing than the other people. And so I just walked up to him (laughs) and said, So who are you people? And he looked at me with an extremely blank expression. Just nothing there. No one home? And then I asked, and this is where it got a little fun for me anyway. I asked him, Do you have any memories? (laughs) And he looked at me and said, I can remember two months ago. (laughs) And then because either I moved suddenly or that revelation was just too much, I I woke up. Yep, that's pretty weird, amigo. Well, if you start getting email from those folks in your dream, then you'll have to probably leave town or some shit. Oh, I, I just thought it was fabulous. You know, I, I love stuff like that. It's, uh, it's tearing out, uh, literally, the proverbial fifth wall, if you know what I mean there. They say that uh, this type of dreaming, lucid dreaming, is actually really healthy for the psyche. Sort of a, an astral body cleanup. <laughs> Probably a good idea. You don't really know where that astral body has been. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, it's hanging around in dive bars and talking trash. You know, the usual. Hey! Hey, I, I got one for you. I, I know you're a fan of that uh, alternate history stuff, right? Oh, I am indeed. Especially the hoaxes. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love all that stuff. Well, this one will thrill you. So uh, there's this geologist guy who specializes in uh, carbon dating stone. And uh, wait a sec. Let me, uh, let me pull that up so I can sound all polished and shit. Okay, so uh, this uh, this dude is named uh, Robert Schock, and uh, he goes around testing ancient ruins to get the read on how old the stones are. Uh-huh. So he gets a call to go to Egypt and take a sample of the Giza pyramids. And that's where the, uh, the Great Pyramid is located, right? Right. So he goes out there and takes a scrape or two of these things and gets back to the lab to run the tests and come to find out these pyramids are older than the folks that are said to have built the damn things. What? Yeah. The guy says he's carbon dated these things to 2,700 years before these Egyptians even showed up. Whoa. So wait a minute. What are we talking about here? Some kind of uh, chariots of the gods thing? or? Uh... Oh, and, and get this. 
Some other cats speculated that uh, these things weren't actually tombs at all, but uh, some kind of fancy power station. Wait, what? You mean these these pharaohs were were buried in a battery? Well, more like an Egyptian Chernobyl. So, so what that really means is that these ancient Egyptians were like cowbirds. They're just using the nest that was already there. It's a possibility. Wow, can you imagine the fallout this thing will have if, if it's all confirmed? Oh, buddy. I'm not sure they'd cop to this one. There's too much riding on their version of history, you know what I mean? I don't know, man. Seems very possible to me. I mean, I, I don't know what the things are, were, but uh, does seem like a really big use of space for one dead guy, you know? I don't care how big your ego is. <clears throat> And uh, on the flip side of this, uh, this sort of thing is, is a marvelous moment of a UFO non-event. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm actually going to play a portion of the uh, uh, incident that happened back on the 17th of December when uh, folks in uh, lovely uh, Bakersfield, California, knew we were finally being invaded. Now, sadly, you can't see this, but I'll have a, a link in the show notes to both of these uh, clips that are on YouTube so you can uh, enjoy the power of innocence. Here's the uh, first clip by the folks who uh, looks like they actually were the first bunch to post this. It, it's been posted since, but there, there have been many uh, sightings of this thing. The group was called uh, The Third Phase of the Moon. And they're, they're a bunch of nice folks, and, and they're all over trying to uh, scope out UFO activity, and uh, they've had uh, numerous YouTube posts about that, uh, on that very subject. But here's just a taste of uh, their reaction. What is that? Blake Cousins, third phase of the moon. We are catching something no, dude, incredible in the skies. We've been calling it third phase of the moon. We've got people on the ground here right above Hollywood. We got it on film. This is Blake Cousins. Look, there's one main thing right by the moon. There's two little. It's not stopping. Oh shit! There's more. Watch this. It's still going. Dude, dude, right in the middle. Look at that. Yeah, there's something chasing it, right? Listen, no, dude. Look at the light. It's coming from two directions. What the fuck? It's coming. It's still going. It's not going to be finished for a while. This thing's going to go. You saw that first. We got multiple angles, multiple here. angles. We're killing it on the angles right here. Where's the real camera? Oh. This is big go get news, it, guys. go get it. Huge. We're not stopping, we're rolling. Dude, that's scary. Like, I'm legit scared. It's a rocket, it's a rocket. Or it could be something else. That thing's just stationary behind it's it. It's moving too slow to be a rocket. Look how slow it's going. That one's just hanging there, right there. What's That's Holy a trip. Shit. We captured something, something in the sky. Right here at third phase moon above the Hollywood, in the Hollywood Hills here. Get out on the okay, street. Okay, what do you guys? Let's go out on the street. street. Let's go. Go, go. I'm going to go, go to this end. Something's happening on this end, I'm thinking. Now, for me, this, this really plays well on the fact that these folks are, are genuinely excited to maybe, just maybe, be actually seeing an unidentified flying object from the far reaches of space coming into, or maybe, exiting our uh, planet here. And uh, in all seriousness, this thing is crazy as hell to behold. Really, when you see it, you'll, you'll, you know what I mean. But now, let's go to 
the rest of the story, shall we? Take it away, trusty news anchor guy. The SpaceX Falcon 9 is going to launch from Vandenberg Air Force Base, and it's going to launch in just about a minute, maybe a little less here, and we should be able to see it right here in our night sky. And what's going to be very cool is because the sun isn't completely down on the West Coast, we should then see the sun hit the rocket. I'm going to get out of the way just in case this thing launches so that we can see it when it does. It's scheduled to launch at 527 and 23 seconds. Right now, I've got just shortly after 527, so we are waiting right now. This is part of the Iridium 4 mission, and so what this Falcon 9 is, is it's a device, it's a rocket that they use to launch communication satellites into the air and to get those into space. And these are really extraordinary because this particular type of rocket can actually take off and land and there it is you can see it right there that red flare off in the distance that is it going straight up that's all the way from vandenberg that is extraordinary that we can see that from this far away just absolutely incredible right there and it's going to go pretty high watch it go and shortly we should see that sun hit it in just a bit you can just see it rising straight up from the horizon. There we go. It's starting to tilt a little bit. Just immensely bright it is. And again, all the way from Vandenberg, so far away, traveling so quickly through the night sky. Here's where we're going to see the sun hit it as it gets high enough. Absolutely extraordinary. It's like a shooting star in reverse. It does look really weird, though, man. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there, there will be a few out there that uh, will make a compelling case for the oddness of that rocket, for sure. But uh, Elon Musk will be happy to take all the oddness away and tell you that it's really one of his. Now, we're not sure about where Elon Musk is from. I mean, what kind of name is that? Deluxe man in space, complete with missile base. And with that, we'll grab our hookah and scuttle up the chimney like always, but uh, not before thanking uh, Eric Newsom and uh, Jeff Pollard for program-enhancing contributions. And to the ever-vigilant and masterful maestro of meters, Milt Keynes, for uh, technical assistance and so forth and so on. My pleasure is always. Thanks to you, dear friends, for pushing play on this edition of Fusebox, our first of uh, 2018, and the beginning of our fourth year of whatever it is we do here. You know, we'd appreciate it immensely if you were to uh, subscribe to this program wherever you have found it, whether it's uh, Apple Podcasts or Podcast.com or the Overnightscape Underground or lurking in some bottom drawer near the underwear. I don't care. We do so very much even appreciated. And I have been your charcoal-activated, filterized host, Mark Rowe, saying, until our next cartoon. Fuse.